Welcome to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes, a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Amid, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Mike leads us verse by verse through the Bible and shares with us the impacting truth of God's Word. Be sure to stay tuned until the close of our program to hear about some exciting news and special offers. We'll also tell you how you can obtain a full-length copy of this entire message. And don't forget, you can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at ccmit.org. We're currently going through the book of Luke in a series titled, The Uncommon Gospel. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us. Here's Pastor Mike. Luke chapter 7, 1 through 17 is where we're at in a message titled, Too Complicated. Verse 9 says, when Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him and turned around and said to the crowd that followed him, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. We have to ask ourselves, do we have the faith it takes to make Jesus marvel? Does Jesus marvel at our faith? Man, that's a tough one, isn't it? Now, he couldn't find that type of faith anywhere in Israel. He did marvel at the, the people of Israel. He did marvel. If you remember back in Luke chapter 4, actually, he rec- it records the same story in Mark chapter 6, and this is what it says about his time in Nazareth. Remember, he, he was in Nazareth, and they were, they were amazed at the great things he did and the, and the wonderful words he spoke. But then they said, isn't this Joseph, the carpenter's son? Aren't his brothers and sisters here? Who, who is this guy? And it says in Mark 6, 6, and he marveled because of their unbelief. What it said right before that was in Mark chapter 6, verse 5. It says, now he could do no mighty work there, except he laid hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled at their unbelief. That, that's what was going on. He couldn't do any great work there because they just didn't believe. And so are we going to make Jesus marvel at our faith? Or is he going to marvel at our unbelief? How could you not believe? How often did Jesus talk to his disciples and say, oh, you have little faith. Just believe. Verse 10, it says, And those who were sent returned to the house and found the servant well who had been sick. So the same hour Jesus declared it, he was healed. Now, it's a fascinating story. A Gentile's healed in this centurion who never even got to meet Jesus. But something that's fascinating about the book of Luke is Luke always does a, a kind of an interesting thing. And you, we saw it in, in chapter 1 and chapter 2 as Jesus laid side by side, John the Baptist and Jesus, and you see these interesting parallels and contrasts between the two. And he does the same thing here with the centurion and this woman that he's going to be encountering next. Again, one was about a man. The other, the next story is about a woman. The first story is about a rich man who is influential. The second one is about a poor woman who is in trouble. First one was a Gentile. Second one was a Jew. The man had great faith and sent for Jesus. The woman didn't send for Jesus, but it was in agony as she watched her, her son die. The man seeks Jesus out. The woman meets him on the way. The man is hopeful. The woman was devastated. The man could replace his slave. The woman, a widow with, without a son to take care of her, might herself become a slave. And as you look through these two passages, and Luke does this intentionally as he goes, as you go through the Gospel of Luke, you'll see several of these things laid by side by side. And, and his intention in that is to make us look at them and contrast them and compare them with each other. 
and and we could go on and on and on about the contrast in this speci- this specific story. But it's something to think about when we go through the Gospel of Luke. And so it says, verse 11, Now it happened the day after that he went into the city called Nain, and many of his disciples went with him and a large crowd. Remember, Jesus had a lot of disciples, not just the twelve. You know, this is where Dallas Jenkins got it wrong. Sometimes you see Jesus in the, in the chosen series, you know, he's out there with his twelve disciples, which is a great series. I don't, I, this is the only, actually the only Jesus film I've ever recommended to anybody because I think most of them make me sick. But this one's actually done really well. And yet he always had this crowd with him that he chose his 12 from amongst them. And so he has a large group and then a crowd besides that that are following Jesus. He's, he's many disciples and a large crowd. Verse 12, and when he came near the gate of the city, behold, a dead man was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a large crowd from the city was with her. So this paints a very grim picture. You know, we think about this and we're like, oh, sad, you know, she lost her son. But this is actually more of a devastating situation just by the, this verse than, than we could possibly imagine. In the Jewish culture, it was the oldest son who was tasked with the job of taking care of his mother. If he died, then his younger brother would then take that responsibility. But this is her only son. And she's a widow, and now her only son is dead, which means that she has nobody to provide for her. She has nobody to take care of her in old age. And there was nothing more unthinkable than the loss of this son, and, and nothing more unthinkable in the life of a parent to, to lose their child anyway. You know, I've sat across the room from many parents or across the desk from many parents who have lost their children, and it is not a pleasant thing. When you do this for 20 years, it happens. One year I had... In three weeks, three deaths of three children. One a very small boy, a teenage girl, and then a young man in his 20s. And, and that was difficult for me to sit across from these parents and to go to the hospital, you know, and, and to talk to them and to watch a child die. And, and they always say the same thing. They always say that, that those same words. This isn't supposed to be like this. A child can't die before its parents. It's the most unnatural thing you could possibly imagine. And yet the, the truth of the matter is, is that every single person in this world is going to die. And, and as we go through life, you know, at the, at, at a young age, I remember the first time I had a, a lost a grandparent, which is kind of, you know, kind of distant compared to your parents and, and definitely distant compared to your, your siblings. But I had a grandparent die and that was really difficult. But then as I got older, more grandparents died. And then a friend, a close friend, a close coworker dies. You know, and, and you, as you go through life, the, the longer you live, the more and the more frequent death happens in your life. And we are faced with the fact that someday we're going to be in this crowd, following behind a casket. And then someday we're going to be in the casket. That's just the reality of life. Ultimate statistic, 10 out of 10 die. Everybody is going to go through this. I that was that was kind of funny. I don't know. It was a pretty somber moment to laugh at a joke. I wasn't trying to be funny. But here's a widow who's literally lost everything. Verse 13, it says, When the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said to her, Do not weep. Now, this could be funny. I mean, not funny, but funny. You know, I mean, it's just weird. You're like, why would Jesus, you know, hey, I know you just lost your son, that you're probably in big trouble now, but hey, can you stop crying for a minute? 
You know, I mean, you think how incompassionate, you know, insensitive it could he possibly be? You know, I, I think about, you know, the angels. When the angels interact with people, they obviously don't understand humanity. They don't understand the human condition, you know. And, and when the when the ladies show up, they're all weeping and they get to the tomb and, he, and the angel's just like, why are you here? You know, why are you looking for the living among the dead? He's risen, just like he said he would. You know, what's wrong with you? And obviously it's like they have no compassion, you know. But I don't think that's, I don't think that's what's happening here. I don't, I don't think that that's what Jesus, I don't think Jesus at all is insensitive to the, insensitive to the human condition. I, I've talked to a few people who have had experiences where Jesus has appeared to them. One was a Muslim from Iran, and while he was in Iran, radical Muslim extremist, Jesus appeared to him and told him, I'm coming back soon. I want you to follow me. And he he described that, and he became a Christian from that experience, but he described it as when he saw Jesus, he was filled with overwhelming peace, and he was overwhelmed by his presence and the love that he felt. Oftentimes when people see an angel, they're terrified, right? And we see that throughout the Bible. But when Jesus appears to somebody, it's very, very different. They feel this amazing love. The other person I know was my four-year-old son. And I asked him, I said, were you scared when Jesus showed up at your bedside? He's like, no, I just felt really, really happy. You know? <laughs> and I, I felt really, really safe. You know, I mean, that's what Jesus exudes. And I don't think it would be any different here. Now, of course, the exalted risen Jesus and him appearing to us would be different than Jesus meeting you on the street. But I don't think that Jesus ever gives us a command that he doesn't give us the power to obey that command, whether it be stretch out your hand or rise up and walk or do not weep. And so what I think we're seeing here is two miracles, actually. First of all, we see him coming to this woman and he tells her not to weep. And now all of a sudden, she feels the ability not to weep. All of a sudden, she's filled with peace. All of a sudden, she's filled with love. All of a sudden, she's filled with the Holy Spirit. And all of a sudden, she knows everything's going to be okay. And I think it's important to say that or to state that because I think sometimes we go through these emotional pain and we're just so emotionally distraught or spiritually distraught and we don't know how we're going to move forward. And Jesus is calling and saying, hey, you need to come to me and receive peace. You need to come to me and, and be touched and, and healed. I, I love it when people are healed. I love it. When we did our healing and prayer service. We had several people. In fact, I still have people come up to me and tell me, I was healed at that service. I was I was riding with one of my sons and he was having extreme anxiety, you know, around crowds. And, and I said, are you okay to get on the bus to go to the youth retreat this year? Because we drove, literally drove up here to go to the youth retreat. And he said, no, I can't get on the bus. Thanks again for listening to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes. If you would like a copy of today's sermon in its entirety, call us at 208-365-0991. Or send us a text at 208-991-2756. Be sure to mention today's date. You can also listen to Pastor Mike's latest message on our website at ccemmett.org. And don't forget to search for Calvary Chapel Emmett on iTunes and YouTube. Remember to hit subscribe when you're there. Thanks again for listening. And remember, always abide in truth. Until next time, God bless. Abide in Truth is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Emmett, Idaho.
Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to invite you to watch our services live on Facebook. You can watch us every Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30. Just go to our page, Calvary Chapel of Emmett, and scroll down for the live service. It is an interactive experience. While on our page, feel free to watch previous Sundays as well. So join Calvary Chapel Emmett Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30 on Facebook. We look forward to seeing you. Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to offer you a free gift for joining us today. Right Now Media. Right Now Media has been called the Netflix of Christian Bible studies. With over 30,000 Bible studies and discipleship videos, there's even tons of Christian cartoons for the kids. To get your free account to Right Now Media, just visit our website at ccemmett.org forward slash right now. That's ccemmett.org forward slash right now. And God bless you.